0: Welcome back to Acts Bible Study. We're on Chapter 13 this evening. Thank you for joining us. Pastor Jeremy and uh, Pastor Mark uh, ready to walk through God's Word with you verse by verse. Uh, Again, the action in Acts just keeps picking up. Uh, Now we're going to go on our first missionary journey with Saul and uh, his friends and watch how the Holy Spirit continues to act through God's people to spread the Gospel. So, Let's just jump right in. Yeah, I got a longer one today, so let's get moving Uh, here. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the first uh, little paragraph here, first few verses. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. And then they list Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, which was in Africa, uh, Manon, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping, the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them so after they had fasted and prayed they placed their hands on them and sent them off All right, a couple of quick just footnote kind of information uh, the church in Antioch this is uh, if you followed Israel uh, the coastline up the Mediterranean, you go to Tyre and Sidon, and you keep going up into what is Syria today, really, mm-hmm. is the city of Antioch. And this was a very major city in the Roman Empire. It was the military, economic uh, capital, kind of this, probably what they call the Persian front uh, of the Roman Empire. A uh, very important city, big city. And now the gospel, as, as the, Jesus said, is getting out from jerusalem judea samaria now uh, approaching on its way uh, to the ends of the earth pastor mark said it literally looks
1: like somebody even on the map that i have here in my bible it's like somebody dropped uh, a rock in a pond right the ripples just like continue to go out at a very constant and consistent rate it's interesting to be able to see that gospel message, as you said, just as Jesus declared, really going from there, not not just doesn't backtrack over and over again or take this weird path. It really begins to
0: spread out in a seismic way. Yeah, and I thought an interesting footnote was uh, this guy Mannion, who was one of the five leaders of um, the church here. Uh, it says brought up with Herod. Mm-hmm. Uh, that very literally means uh, nourished with Herod. In Mm. other words, nursed together. This is like Herod, the one, you know, the Herod who put the robe on Jesus, who had John the Baptist beheaded, Uh, his stepbrother, foster brother. Some type of close kin. Yeah. 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 The Lord had converted to the faith and was now even a leader in the church, which is kind of cool.
1: Also interesting, too, uh, talking about, you know, this element what's happening here, right? Uh, they're worshiping the Lord, fasting, and the Holy Spirit then says, uh, set apart for me these individuals to be able to go and, and sends them them off. This isn't a, a man-made decision, right? They weren't like, hey, uh, you know, we should probably start getting this word out and really make this this happen. They're doing what they are called to be able to do. They're, they're worshiping, they're going through other uh, spiritual practices and in that moment is where the Holy Spirit calls them and says, okay, the the time's right, you are prepared, I am sending you off. And I think that's neat for us, even as a congregation, when we think about, you know, what's next for us, of us not just saying, well, uh, let's have a meeting to be able to do this, or let's make sure we're organized in this way as men and women of desert foothills both of which are very important, but let's not uh, fall back on the concept of not taking time to be able to make sure we're worshiping, that we're praying, God, what do you have next for us as a congregation? And that goes not just for our church, but for you as a family or for an individual, Lord, you, you know, show me in my prayer, in my acts of worship, where you would have me go and call me to that next journey, you know, not just planning it out ourselves, because we think this will be better in our lives. This will make us feel uh, uh, more appreciated. This will make us feel more comfortable. But uh, again, you know, what does the Lord have to be able to give us that true joy?
0: Yeah, that's great. And again, what do we see over and over again? The church doing an Acts, they They're worshiping together. They're praying together. Yep. Here, here they're praying and fasting. Yep. Fasting is that uh, denial of food so that you spend that time or that energy focusing on God or spiritual you know, matters in your life or, or the family, the church in this case. Uh, but they worship almost every day. Oh, oh, yes. And they oh, do yeah. it in, in their homes. Yeah. Remember from our sermon series, right? There were no buildings. There were no church buildings. Um, and so you think about in 2020, for the last five or six months, here we have been, what? Worshiping in our homes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think the, the recognition there too is just that, you know, worship can be so much, so much more, you know, uh, I really like to push that point of like living a life of worship. You know, what does that look like? Not in like these boxes that I'm worshiping here or here, and there may be corporate worship, Or things that we do as individuals but really in everything that we're doing you know how are we worshiping the lord because we are his creation he creates us to be able to honor him and we can do that literally in in everything but being mindful of that in the moment especially
0: right and then of course there's the example here we have the call of the holy spirit Mm. for church workers Mm -hmm. Um, here there were five leaders in this church two were called to go out as missionaries. Yep. Uh, and the ceremony, the 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 service yeah. that uh call them, yeah, the, the laying, laying on, on the of hands. the hands, yep. which which we do, you know, to this day, obviously. Yeah. It's apostolic succession. Okay. So a lot going on, and now uh, the mission is taken off. Verse four on Cyprus. So the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John, who was with them as their helper. uh, They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, which means son of Jesus, who was an attendant of the Proconsul Sergius Paulus. So, this is the, the Roman leader of the island, if you will, the governor. Uh, the proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, this is the sorcerer, his other name, for that is what his name means, uh, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun." And immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw that uh, what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Hmm. Maybe before even like back up, like I love the hmm. way that that concludes. Right,
1: he sees this great sign, this miraculous work. But what he's really uh, amazed at is actually the teaching from the Lord. He wasn't like, oh, you did a cool trick. Because think about that. Yeah, it might have been something really neat. But this other guy that has already been in his midst for who knows how long is a sorcerer. Doing he's doing, yeah these, yeah, these neat tricks. So he is not, those things aren't swaying him. He's already seen really cool stuff happen. What really sways him and changes his heart is the Holy Spirit being delivered through this amazing teaching that is received in the words of the Lord.
0: Exactly. And a lot of times uh, folks get, get uh, fascinated with all the spectacle and sensationalism of the big, we'll call them tricks, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they use tricks here. Um, well, we know, Romans 10 10 faith comes from hearing. And hearing is the, the word of Christ, it's the gospel. So, no doubt. Uh, when Paul and Barnabas told this governor uh, the message of Jesus, the Son of God, who died, who rose from the dead, who forgives sins and gives eternal life. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, The Holy Spirit always works through the gospel. And sometimes, especially often when, when the written word is not available, God testifies to this good news, this message, this teaching, with signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see in Acts. It's what, again, I've mentioned before, we see in other parts of the world where uh, the Bible, the God's word is not readily available to give that testimony.
1: Um, interesting too, that you know this is the moment, uh, verse nine there, uh, then Saul, who is also called Paul, in which we see that transformation really occur and his uh, name of being able to go forward, he really serves now as this different individual. Uh, you know, he had that name Saul, which was more of his, you know, Hebrew name, and now he has this this name Paul, uh, which interestingly enough, I read uh, one piece of commentary was sharing that he actually may have been called this name actually as a child by other, Uh, Hebrews that were around at times, excuse me, not by other Jews, by other Romans that were around, maybe uh, just as a different name, that he would have this, it was something that sounded like Paul. But here he's given this name, and he really is, you know, set apart to become this different individual that is now uh, going out and testifying and giving a a message to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. And so we see kind of that transformation happened right here at this moment in the book of Acts. Obviously, it's named in different ways at different times. Jesus himself talks about this, but it's really at this point going forward that uh, the author of Acts, you know, caps off that name, Saul, uh, unless I'm sure there's at one point, you know, probably formally known as uh, mm-hmm. maybe mentioned in there, but he really turns into this different person and it's interesting because there's this different journey that he's going on, and it's almost like this uh, this badge
0: of honor, this uh, alteration that is happening to him before he goes out. Good. Yep. And I guess the big takeaway for me, I guess, from this first little inc- incidents here in in Acts 13 is just how Paul confronts the the sorcerer. Mm. I mean, it's so direct. You're the devil. Yeah. It's child. Say child of the devil? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you are a child of the devil. Um, an enemy of everything that is right. Yeah. I think it's uh, good for us to remember there is a real spiritual war w- waging all around us. And uh, we see physical things obviously that are concerning around us, but understand that there is a devil, there is deceit and, and lie. anything that can oppose God anything can hinder the gospel from going out and uh, that's why we need the sword of the spirit yeah right? to be able to fight this spiritual battle yeah because it is always got a powerful force that that we're up against it really is
1: and we see that throughout all of scripture right i mean think about you know Moses going before pharaoh and wanting to be able to let people god says hey i'm going to give you a sign take your staff you know it's going to be able to turn into a snake you know put your hand in your cloak, it'll look leprous, and then you can put it back in, and it goes goes away. But when he goes to do these things, the other people that are surrounding Pharaoh are like, "Oh, you can turn your staff staff into a snake. Oh, guess what? So can I." Mm-hmm. And so you see the power that is there. But uh, same thing along with that account, the uh, it's not equal, right? The Lord always. Prevails uh, in that account. Uh, Moses's staff snake swallows up the other ones. You know, he <laughs> got totally one one ups him to be able to show. Yeah, but look at this is the more powerful element that's there, and God does that throughout Scripture. I think you know, being able to show. Yeah, I'm up against this big force, but at the same time, which fits our theme really well right now. Our God is so much bigger, and I don't even think we can comprehend it. Uh, A lot of times I think God just does these things just to be able to show us that he can prevail. But uh, when we really say that God is all powerful, I don't think we can really comprehend what that means,
0: that our God can do anything, you know. Right. Yeah. So connecting people to Jesus. Worship, growth, service. I mean, the growth is so important for yeah. us to be effective yep. in this war. Every day, people, just jump up.
1: Even if you're still doing these Bible studies, you just be in the Word in the morning. Like I know uh, for myself, it's the first thing I do. Just, gee, take, take seven minutes minutes—you know, every morning to be able to look at a devotional, to be able to say some prayers, start your day off right, and then plug it in at different places, too. It's It is so key to who we are as Christians. It absolutely
0: is. I can't. I can't uh, agree with that anymore. So I have gotten my devotions down to five minutes. So oh yeah, <laughs> five minutes. If you, if you, well, you, can, you can devotions. pray beforehand or after and stuff like that too.
1: All right, so we're moving on here, and uh, Acts going to move to verse 13. Mm-hmm. Here we go. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga they went out to Poseidon, Antioch. On the Sabbath they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul uh, motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel... Chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about forty years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about four hundred and fifty years. So he's kind of just breaking down some the good history, o- yeah, good God's Old plan. Testament elements that are here, which these guys obviously would have known real well. He knows his audience. But yeah, he's highlighting them, yeah. Speaking to the- After this, uh, God gave them judges until a time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel their Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one. No, but he is coming after me, whose sandals I am worthy to, unworthy to untie. Uh, Interesting, he keeps moving through here. We have all this Old Testament text. He even mentions the judges, and all of a sudden we jump into kind of our our New Testament uh, here. He kind of goes back and forth a little bit. Any other commentary before we keep going here? That's good. Let's get through this. This one's long. There's a lot of history that's here. Don't think it is uh, unimportant by any means. Most of us probably already know these things ourselves. Again, he's just uh, reaccounting these for all is here. Mm Brothers and children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is uh, to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him they fulfilled the words of the prophets uh, that are read every Sabbath. Uh, Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had him carried out, all that was written about him, they took him down from a tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him up from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who have traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news, what God promised our fathers. He was fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm, You are my son, today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead never to decay is stated in these words. I will give you the holy, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it was stated here, you will not let our holy one see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not, you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. Take care that the prophets have said uh, that this does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wander and perish. I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you.
0: Hey, good job there. That was a long, long stretch there. Oh yeah. Have you ever thought about being elector? Yeah, church? <laughs> yeah. You can do a good job. I don't know. Do some of our electors, I think, do a better job than I do, for sure. Yeah. Well, for one note, this Antioch in Pisidia. This is actually yeah. in the region of Galatia. So these, this, these would be the people. This would be the church that later on, years later, Paul would write Galatians. Yep. To. There it is. Um, and this is about, again, just for time frame, chapter thirteen. We're about ten years now past hmm. since. Saul became Paul, and so Saul converted, and uh, Saul, the resurrected Lord, and uh, became sort of a persecutor, a proclaimer of the gospel.
1: This is like this big sermon, I guess, that he's laying out here is how you would say it, right? Um,
0: yeah, he said so, so he knows his audience, and he's talking to him. you know? Right, he, he starts, uh, they start their worship with the reading of the Old Testament and yep. the prophets, and uh, like we have our Old Testament and epistle reading, and of course now we have the gospel reading. Um, and then he got up, and they invited him. They wanted to hear what he had to say, and so he stood up and preached this long message. Now he's probably practiced this, uh, much like you and I uh, spend a lot of time yeah. uh, crafting and I preparing didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, this message. And he no doubt had preached it in other synagogues and, was, and preached it again in, in synagogues, you know, after this. Yep. Uh, but this was this was the message that, for the Jews, that tied. Uh, you know, all of God's plan of salvation His whole history through the Jewish people from their bondage in Egypt all the way up through present day, and their present day, uh, where Jesus is resurrected and ascended. And, you know, he just ties all the Old Testament, all the prophecies have been fulfilled. And we actually got a, a, a question about, and maybe not specifically Acts, but a question about, what did Jesus mean when he said not one mm. jot or tittle, not one di- iota or dot iota, in yep. the law will be changed? And does this have to do with food laws and all of this stuff? Good question. Um, I think in the in the broad sense of the Hebrew word Torah, um, the broad sense of the word is more than just law. It's, this, it's, it's the whole revelation of God's plan to, to his people. Mm-hmm. And... Jesus was saying then, and now Paul is reiterating you know, in his sermons over and over again, that Jesus is this fulfillment. In other words, Paul's come into the synagogue, Paul and Barnabas, and they're not trying to introduce some new religion. They're not trying to say that, okay, you're, you know, you're Jewish people, you're all wrong. That's not how it is. This is the real religion. Yeah. This is the real God. He's, He's saying, no, this is the fulfillment of the God, our, the true God. Yeah. His whole plan of salvation. Now, this is what's happened. What
1: you guys already believe, basically. You know, a big piece of what you are founded upon, just haven't taken it to see this fulfillment actually be delivered here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great message for uh, this group of people that he's surrounded by. Interesting, like you said, they invite him, right? This isn't like this combative element. He isn't being thrown in prison here. There's openness there to be able to listen and to be able to move on from there. So, okay. That's, uh,
0: that's a big chunk of uh, verses there, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. Right. Paul's sharing the gospel. All right, so we got to uh, 47, right? 42. 42. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry, 43. Okay, 43. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and uh, devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God? On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Now, so what do you think the people who came to church that last weekend? What happened? Weekend, yeah. What do you think they did? What did they did do right away? Long? Yeah. Yeah. Told their friends. When they went to work. Yep. When they went to the store. Man, have you heard about? This message that Paul and Barnabas have been talking about in the church last week? No, we weren't there. We slept in. <laughs> Don't they no, have this online yet? It was hot. I went up in the mountains and yeah. pulled off this weekend. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've heard these before. I know. Sounds like you have too. Yeah. <laughs> no, they really missed something. Well, they weren't going to miss the next. Yep. Everybody shows the church up. church next week. All right. So when the Jews, I'm thinking of the Jewish leaders, right? Yeah. saw the crowds. Think about this. Looks like it's like Easter on steroids, right? There's oh people yeah, Everybody's there in the synagogue, standing around trying to hear. This is the whole city, right? yeah. like almost, almost the almost whole city. It bit. says, yeah, there's only a couple so people that aren't there. <laughs> uh, so these Jewish leaders, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Uh, then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. This quote: "We had to speak the word of God to you first." Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. And then for this is what the Lord has commanded us. And so he quotes, I have made you a light to the, for the Gentiles and that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And he's quoting Isaiah chapter 49. But this is fulfilled... Uh, or we get the first clue that this is being fulfilled in Luke 2.32 when Simeon holds Mm. Jesus and says about Jesus, a light to reveal you to the nation, to the Gentiles. Mm. Um, So again, tying all of this in, God's perfect plan uh, coming about right before their eyes. Verse 48, uh, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. So the Gentiles are excited. Wow, hey, this is for us, too. Yeah.
1: It's good news. And they're all believing these things, you know? How great. You know, Paul really did have this love for the Jewish people, you know, at heart, for sure. Uh, But, you know, he knows this message, as we hear so many times in Scripture, really is for all people, you know? It's just the ripples of time of when it reached them at different points.
0: And then uh, verse 49, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Now, does this sound like a rerun, right? When Jesus was on trial, or arrested hmm. and on trial, Jewish leaders stirring up insurrections, stirring up protests, uh, violent mobs uh, against Jesus. Now... We're trying to get rid of uh, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, so verse 51, they do what Jesus instructed them to do. Uh, they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Again, what an honor it is to be persecuted and to be rejected and put out for the name of Jesus. You're right, that's such a good place to be at like that
1: that <clears throat> concluding verse that we've seen there and a couple other places that they're filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. These things just they just go hand in hand. All of us are always looking for, for joy, for peace, uh, you name it, fulfillment uh, in this life. And really this is the only place it's found. I mean look what these guys constantly go through over and over again look at the lack of maybe resources that they have at times, and it just doesn't matter. They they see the ultimate plan that has already come to fulfillment for them that they are just yet about to receive, but they know that they can celebrate that joy here on this earth. And, man, we as men and women of the church really need to get to that point. Not that we just think everything is rainbows and unicorns all day, and and just blow off problems that are in our life. But when they come, recognize again that our God is so much bigger than all of these things. And it really does change who you are. And I don't know, this is something difficult, I think, to have constantly in our lives. But I will say for myself, I know there are times when I feel it more than not. And it's not necessarily when something's going better in my life or worse in my life. But there are times when I do feel so connected to Christ, and I think, man, like, I I have everything. I don't need anything else. And then there are days when uh, I want to say I forget the message, but maybe it's not as prevalent during that moment. And I start, maybe without knowing it, I start reaching for where is my joy going to be found out? Where is my peace? And, you know, we have that old sinful nature that we're we're constantly battling. But, man, getting to this place, and, and look where they get this from, right? Part of it is just just sharing Jesus with people to see somebody transformed and know that they will be with us uh, in heaven for eternity—that's a big deal. That is a, that is a big deal. That will
0: nothing will give you joy unlike that. I think. Right? Even the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so here, Paul and Barnabas is just a whole, almost, almost a whole city repented. Yeah. And, and came to faith in Christ. And then, and so a few people were mad and didn't like him. Whatever. Yep. Right? So be it. This is an exciting time. I I don't want to detract from our main point, but I think I just need to hit on, uh, because I'm just anticipating some questions out there. I can kind of hear you uh, through the camera. Um, And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Mm. It seems like Paul's, uh, well, Luke is telling the the story here. This is Paul's uh, sermon and Paul and Barnabas' sermon, their mission. uh, this idea of the, the predestination, the idea that God has uh, uh, elected those, which is something that we do believe, mm-hmm. but I think the biggest distraction, and I don't, I, again, I don't want to distract from our current topic, but I think the biggest distraction that this causes for uh, most of us is just the questions that it brings up, right? Well, what if this, or how about if a person, or or how do we do, the? is it important that we even evangelize if God's already selected, uh, mm-hmm. if God selected people for heaven, does that mean he selected people for hell? No, it doesn't. Um, but I, it just stirs all these questions. And that's not the point. That's not the point when Luke t- talks about it, when Jesus talks about it, not one person can be plucked out of my hand. Uh, when Paul talks about those he call the foreknowledge and predestined, um, the purpose of God telling that, revealing that to us is that it's for our own comfort. That God's saying, hey, I'm in charge of saving you from start to finish. Uh, It's not up to you, which is wonderful news because I'm frail. Yeah, I'm prideful, sinful, I'm confused, I'm ignorant when it comes to uh, the knowledge of God. Um, So it's for comfort. So uh, people often get kind of on one side or the other where, uh, well, if God has predestine everyone. Well, we don't have to do anything. Hmm. Why should we bother preaching sermons? Yeah, or why should people come to church? Anything right. you would be all the way down the line. Yeah. Or uh, there's some folks that fall on the other. You can remember, you can fall off a horse on either side. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you can go to the other extreme and say, well, because it was the zeal that Paul showed, right, in his preaching and Barnabas they there, and they're sharing the good news, and they, you know, they were obviously just charismatic people. They were excited about this good news mm-hmm. and that attracted people too. And so that's, what's important. And it, you know, don't worry. about it. so, uh, I, I, I don't like to get into the weeds of all these different questions that predestination brings because it's just a distraction from predestination is God's work. All right. It's his business. Mm-hmm. It's not mine. I can't see the names in the book of life. As a matter of fact, there's only one who is worthy to break the seal, and that's Jesus Christ. It's not me. I can't read it, and neither can anyone else. Uh, So it's nothing we even have to worry about. All we need to know about predestination is that uh, we have the assurance of of God's work and our forgiveness. What we have the responsibility for, what we need to be concerned about, what we need to be focused on is having that zeal and that passion for sharing Jesus. Yeah. That's our responsibility. Yeah, God's responsibility—he he'll take care of that. We don't have to worry about that. Yep. Our responsibility is to get the word out there, to share the gospel message. And I'll say this: uh, for all the questions that I've had asked about predestination, my instinct is to come right back. Well, how many people have you led to Jesus? How many people have you shared the gospel with this week? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd be more concerned about that. Yeah, that's a good point. No, then you are concerned point. about, well, did God decide this? And who, how did God decide? And is it fair? And that, man, that is in God's hands. Yeah. And God is just. And I'm not, you know, it's nothing to worry about. Uh, what we need to be worried about is our responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Like you said, part of this puzzle is
1: finite minds attempting to make, sense of an infinite being it's not even close to being on the same playing field it just doesn't work God has all these things figured out and I mean God's also as we mentioned today like all powerful he could convert people in in so many different ways but he does choose us and to be delivering his word today I always try to think of that predestination element like like my daughter or your son going to like birthday parties. God has decided to have like the ultimate celebration, you know, this ultimate celebration of heaven that we receive uh, forgiveness that, and that we are invited to this party. Uh, but the way that those invitations come out, you know, the, the Lord sends those out by his spirit. And he sends these invitations out to everybody, just as uh, my daughter or Mark's son would get an invitation from uh, their one of their classmates, you know, maybe you'd get an invitation by mail. Uh, maybe a mother would call another mother and invite the child. Maybe you would get an email. All these different ways that you may be invited. And it's the same thing by the Holy Spirit. Who knows how the Spirit is going to invite somebody to be able to come. But from there... It's going to that party, right? Everybody received this invitation, everybody. And that's a rule a lot of times in the class, right? If you're going to yeah. invite somebody in the class, you got to invite everybody. God's word tells us it is it is for everybody, but when you go to that party, uh it's rare that every individual is going to be there. Something has happened along the way uh in different elements. In which that person is not at that party, and that will be the same for us, I think, in heaven one day. That you know, the Holy Spirit is working on all of our all of our hearts, uh, but there really is only one unforgivable sin, right? And that is that rejection of the Holy Spirit. And we could bounce around on that. Of well, now, now, am I having a peace in the faith? Am I am I doing it? But as Pastor Mark said today, what a great point why would we worry about that? Let's let's think about what the Lord tells us to do, to be able to share his His word with others, to be able to be that invitation at times as he has chosen us, and to focus on that which is yet to come, and which he does invite everybody to. Anybody can uh, be a part of this today, right, right now, uh, but it's battling against that sinful nature that we still have to worry about every day.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. I love that. And so send out those invitations to everybody you know to come to this awesome party that's right uh dflc.com slash live stream just live stream there you go come to church with us all right worship prayer fasting spreading the gospel man the church is moving and they are doing things that's right
1: uh, just reminders,
0: we sign off today.
1: Uh, we're opening up uh, services uh, this Sunday in person. Uh, remember, it is limited. We're doing the best job that we can to be responsible about everything. Uh, as we come to meet, uh, there still are a few signups available online. If you did not have a chance to get one of those, Again, we will be opening it up in the weeks to come as things kind of come back to more of a normal as we pray. Uh, We'll be able to open those up even more, but we still have the online services too. That will not change. Actually, we're going to be releasing those basically for the weekend now, too. If you want to catch it on uh, Saturday evening uh, and have your own Saturday evening service or Sunday morning, you'll be able to, to do that as well. So please keep up with those on uh, both sides of the coin. We'll make sure that we're attending to everybody as best as possible. Uh, but keep that in your prayers this week, too, that we continue on this good trajectory of being able to, to minister, hopefully more in person as the weeks and months are yet to come.
0: With that, why don't we close uh,
1: in a brief prayer today. Uh, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this time that we have to be able to be in your word today. Uh, as we heard about these different practices, place those upon our hearts, Lord, uh, as we kick off a, a brand new uh, element here in our lives, maybe a, a new season of being able to see you a little differently because your spirit has changed our hearts. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you continue to be with all of our people uh, be with our preschool families as they uh, kick into gear this next week also uh, with all those students and with moms and dads, Uh, keep them safe, keep them healthy. And Lord, please allow our congregation the opportunity through every single one of their hearts to be able to minister to these kids, that they may be able to see you uh, be able to have you in their lives and be able to thrive with this is something that one day they will pass down to their own preschool children. Again, Lord, thank you for uh, this gift that you have provided in your son, Jesus. Uh, may we be good stewards of it and all that you have provided. In his
0: name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. All right.